Oh, why, hello there. The ending was close again, Steve. We'll get it right eventually. We'll get there. We'll get there. I believe in you. I, I have faith in you. I believe in you. Mm-hmm. You are the wind beneath my wings. Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you you're my hero? Mm-hmm. I believe in a thing called love. Just listen to the rhythm of my heart. Okay. I'm glad you said those lyrics because I never understood what those were. Colors of the world spice up your life. I and Now you've gone somewhere that I don't know. Uh, but hello, welcome to another episode of Best of Five. Uh, allegedly an FGC talk show, weekly podcast talk show. I'm on top of my stuff today. My name is Elon. I'm existing. I, 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 I worked out for the first time in, I think, three years. And I, it was with a personal trainer. So it was the first time I've worked out with a personal trainer since 2016. And I got to tell you, I'm dead. So good yeah. luck, Steve. Uh, best best wishes in your trek in this podcast while my brain is just trying to recover. Uh, I got... <laughs> If if I gotta carry the show on my admittedly broad shoulders, I guess that's what I'm gonna have to do. It 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 is. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I am joined here as by all, as by as always by the main squeeze, the Steve Ace King Officer Trick. Steve, how, how's how, everybody going? How are you going? I don't know how I'm going. Sorry, I'm getting expanding. I, I, I don't like. It. Anyway, go on. I am a little out of it because I've been working on a very big project the last uh, little while. I hmm. may be able to share that with you folks next week. Ooh. Is it, a, is so, it an exclusive first look, Steve? It will be. You know, if, if it is what I think it is, it will be an exclusive first look. Good. So... Good. I'll let you know in advance if that's the case. So if I don't say nothing before next show, you don't got to worry about it. But if I do say something, then you'll know what to expect. For sure. And as always, of course, we're joined by our friends in the chat. We have Doc Fugu, who resubbed uh, during the countdown. We have Animate Sam, Tap 2, Lee Dragon, Animate Sam again, and then Tap 2 again. Hello, everybody. Good to see you all. It feels like we haven't done a show in a while, but maybe that's just because my perception of time is poor. Because I we I edited a show that yeah. we did last Thursday. Yeah, I remember this. Yes, specifically. For whatever reason, it feels like we weren't here. So maybe I'm just having one of those. I don't know. Like, uh, oh, have you has have you has anyone seen everything everywhere all at once? I have not. That's I've only I, heard. I only have a couple people on my timeline talking about it, but the ones that are are just raving about it. I am one of them. Uh, so it's the first time I went to a movie theater for the past like two years, I think. Uh, the last time, the last time before that being Fast Furious Nine, which that was not a great experience, and the time before that being Joker, and the time before that being Inglorious Bastards. So it, I'm not a big movie theater person, and when I tell you that might be my favorite movie ever. It's. I think it's my favorite movie ever. Uh, so big ups to uh, the Daniels and Michelle Yeoh and uh, the person who plays Michelle Yeoh's husband, whose name I currently d- 
can't remember who played the uh, the kid in Indiana Jones. Wish I could remember their name. But anyway, uh, movie's amazing. Go check it out if you uh, like movies. Or if you just, you know, like anything. Anyway, Steve, we're, we're fighting game talk show. Um, but before we talk about fighting games, we're going to talk about Formula One because they're going to be in Imola starting tomorrow. And they're going to have a sprint race, which I got to tell you, everybody's dreading. You know what it's time for? Because if you're talking about Formula One, I'm talking about basketball. Okay. If I talk about basketball, the commissioner is going to come down on me because I do not have the express written consent of net of the NBA. I might have the implied oral consent, but that's a completely different thing. But Steve, you describing the game in your own words is considered transformative, therefore fair use. I don't think it's transformative enough for their lawyers. Uh, the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States would say otherwise, Steve. Do you have money for me to defend that in court <laughs> against NBA lawyers? Look, Steve, be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> <laughs> if that happens, that's all I'll have left is change. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have no dollars. Uh, uh, anyway, Steve. Sh shall we do this recap thing? We, I, I guess we shall. So everybody that's in the chat, go ahead and start spamming those that recap. I should probably make a, a, a physical recap, right? Anyway, everybody start spamming those recaps. Here it is, Steve. With, Let's do it. With the recap. Of course, the big event from this past weekend was Genesis 8. It was the biggest Smash tournament of the last two years. Uh, this one was big on both sides, both Ultimate and Melee. The Ultimate side had a familiar face up top, MK Leo, dominant throughout the tournament, aside from... A close fight with Spargo in winner, winner's final. Uh, he takes top spot. Francis Glatoni takes second. Spargo rounds out an international podium. Light, you're sponsored by uh, Moist Critical, your boy. Uh, top finishing American in that competition, uh, taking fourth place. On the melee side of things, we almost had a Cinderella run all the way to the top. J-Mook, a player not necessarily known as the top tier, got all the way to grand finals, but ran into the buzzsaw. That was Zane. Zane is your champion. J-Mook and IBDW rounding out the podium. Interesting to note, not so... Well, obviously, who made top eight is interesting, but also who didn't. Mango finishing tied for ninth, getting eliminated by Hungrybox on the loser side. His worst ever finish at a Genesis event. There were traditional fighting games at Genesis as well, uh, headlined by Guilty Gear Strive. And you had some, some heavy hitters from the West Coast in the mix. Aaron Demack is your winner, taking it over Jonathan Tenney in the grand final. Apology Man 
finishing third. Looking at the rest of the games at Genesis, uh, Rivals was dominated by Cake Assault yet again, du- uh, winning both singles and doubles along with Penguin. Uh, She-Man getting the win, doing the same in 64, teaming with, with Mustacher to get the doubles win. Muck is your Street Fighter, your Super Turbo Champion, and special shout out to Bodie D from Minnesota, your Nick All Stars Champion. Did not drop a game in top eight, even though he came in on loser side. Who were they playing? Do you know? Uh, they were playing. God, it's slipping. It's slipping my head. Uh, I thought it was. Uh, April. No, it was April O'Neil. April O'Neil. All right. So, uh, we also had a stop on the Jazzy Circuit down in Texas, the Lone Star Cup. Uh, this one was won by Nika Ko, who does a lot in the Third Strike community. Nika is headed to the Jazzy Circuit finale as a qualified player, taking the spot over Big Nasty in that grand final. Uh, Texas is in the eyes of everyone this weekend because I don't have a graphic for it, but Texas Showdown is this weekend's big event. TX Showdown Live is your mainstream. Uh, Tong Never Sleeps and several others also uh, doing stream duties. I have the schedule on my Twitter, and I will post that in chat in just a moment. That is your weekend recap. I Sorry, I stopped the music a little bit early, but good job, Steve. That, Great recap as always. That, that's okay. I, I forgive you. Uh, and yes, Texas Showdown this weekend. I am very sad I could not make it out there. I unfortunately have to work tomorrow. With a Japanese event in esports, so I have to start working at 1 a.m. It's great. I love oh. my job. Uh, <laughs> you know who else you love? I love Kwanzai. Yes. <laughs> 53 months. Dang. We've been doing this for four and a half years almost. Um. Well, you've been doing this for four and a half years I've almost. been doing this for longer than <laughs> yeah, four and a half Yeah, you've been doing that for longer. Years. That's true. Oh, no, I was there when we got the sub button. So, yeah, I'm part of that, too. Um, <clears throat> okay, Steve, look, uh, first of all, yes, Texas Showdown this weekend. Uh, I'm sad I can't be there, but can't wait to see what comes out of it. Uh, it's, it's another one of those, uh, like, one of the first big events in Texas, as far as I know, for tournaments, so... Uh, happy to see, I'm happy to read everybody's tweets, everybody traveling, everybody doing their thing, making their way downtown, walking fast, faces past, and I'm all homebound. there. It's I homebound. I don't know words. Uh, but yeah. You, you can't start a Michelle Branch reference and not finish it. You got to take that to the Is home. that Michelle Branch? Why did I think that was Hillary Duff? Because it's been a while. Since I cared? Yeah. Anyway, All right. uh, <laughs> Texas Showdown schedule in chat. I'm being weird right now. Let's talk Steve, about how can you commentary. Say you're being, how can you say you're being weird when I'm over here just 
you know. Look, anyway, but yes. We, we're we're both weird. Yes. I'm going to point my my weirdness out. Your yours is just sort of a default setting. Absolutely. Speaking of weird, you know what else is weird, Steve? Capcom's decisions. <laughs> True. Once again, Capcom has something good on the palm of their hand. And then of course, we thought this we thought we thought this was over. But they make a decision that just completely ruins everything, Steve. Well, and this is like they're going back to like I feel like they're going back because they 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 started getting in everybody's good graces with a lot of really good decisions. Season six has been pretty cool. I'm still playing Street Fighter Five. I never thought I would say that, uh, but I've been having fun with Street Fighter Five again. And then they start making these decisions. First being the absolute obliteration of local tournaments, and now. According to Logan Sama on Twitter, the obliteration of international commentators for international competition, so we assume. Well, so I assume. Well, there was also the obliteration of me because I said it was a Michelle Branch reference. Uh, Tap2GG coming in with the correct info. It's actually Vanessa Carlton. I still thought it was Hillary Duff. I, I was confident in my incorrect facts. Confident. But anyway. You know, who, uh, earlier... you know who's not confident or who shouldn't feel confident right now? It's Capcom. <laughs> well, here, you know what? We'll, we'll get into that in a second. Let's go through. Uh, let's go over Logan Sama's tweet earlier this week. He said, quote, just been told that you will not see any UK-based commentators on any of the CPT broadcasts this season, including the UK and Ireland event May 7th. What a way to see out competitive Street Fighter V. We went from this photo to nothing at all. Words can't express my disappointment, end quote. And he included a photo uh, taken at uh, Capcom Cup 2016 with him and uh, F-Word doing commentary in front of a full house. Steve, you know what's funny about this photo? What? I'm... This was 2016, so... Let's, let's zoom and enhance. Who's that wearing that orange shirt right there? Would that be you? That's me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's Congratulations. Hair. Congratulations. Yep, thanks. Right, now so, I to center this. Hold on. Go ahead. <laughs> so, obviously, we've, with this tweet, we, a lot of people are assuming that it's not just UK commentators, but basically any international commentators for CPT events. The belief, unconfirmed by at this time, because we have not heard anything from Capcom directly, is that we will have some form of in-house commentary similar to what they had for uh, the season finale. 
or the season final, I should say, uh, where you had a bunch of players, bunch of commentators in one studio, and they were tagging in and out, um, and they were producing it from that location. So it does sound like that's going to be the, the case, but again, that is a bit of speculation on our end. We have not heard anything from Capcom officially as of yet. If that is the case, man, what a step back, right? Like, what a bad decision. I'm sure it saves on money, right? Because you're not... Well, actually, does it even save on money? Because then you have to rent out... You have to rent out a whole another studio. You have to uh, get, like, more people staffing this thing. Well, here is... Now, I do remember that um, if Capcom, you know, at previous events for CPT, if they had someone working commentary, they would cover a hotel, they would cover travel to get them out there. So that's a cost that's being saved. But in my mind, it's not so much the cost that's making me think that this is why they went down this road. Although that is a big benefit, clearly. I think it's a matter of certainty over making sure that they're not going to run into any issues. Because, let's be, you know, I don't want to, I, I hope this is a little overblown, but we're starting to hear more and more cases of COVID coming back. Uh, Pittsburgh just re reinstituted its indoor mask mandate. And it's very possible that they're not going to be the only ones. Mm -hmm. So the possibility of another wave is still there. The possibility of travel restrictions, border restrictions being, excuse me, being in play is still there. So if you have people planning to go to Evo, and all of a sudden on August 1st, U.S. government says, okay, no international travel for the next few weeks. And Let's... and they've planned on having international commentators there. Then they've got a little bit of a pickle. This way they have, they have a lot more control over making sure that they're not hit with sudden hiccups like that. I don't know, Steve. We live in a world where a 33-year-old judge that was told they were uh, unqualified by the Bar Association, but yet were still appointed as a judge anyway, struck down the uh, travel mask mandate here in the U.S. <laughs> so, anything can happen. Look, the, that is not in Capcom's hands. Right, but however... Uh, one thing... I, I, I know the point you're trying to make. Yes. What I'm trying to say here is that things can change. You know, that that decision could be appealed or there could be some new information. There could be a new mandate that doesn't get struck down. They, you know, there's still so much uncertainty out there. This is a way for Capcom to take as much uncertainty as they can out of the equation. Is having local talent commentate a tournament that is held 
on their home soil an uncertain thing. It it's better if you have local commentators. A because you want to if for no other reason you want to put you want to show that this is truly an international game. You want to show that people are you know excited for this all over the world. And you know, if you hear UK commentators, if you hear French commentators, if you hear Brazilian commentators, if you hear Japanese commentators, that gets the point across. If you're hearing the same three or four voices every week, it gets a little more, you know, a little more difficult to make that sale. But even beyond that, there's player familiarity. There's, you know, not everyone is going to know every player. Not everyone is going to be not everyone in that California studio is going to be familiar with the history mm-hmm. of what's been going down in the Spanish scene or the French scene. It you lose a lot by losing out on that local flavor. Yep. So let's look at your let's look at your point about uh, travel restrictions. Would it not make sense if they're having a CPT event in the UK to have somebody from the UK commentate it? Since they're already there, no travel restrictions needed, right? Same thing with an event in Ireland. Same thing with an event in South Africa. Granted, it does get a little bit tricky when we're talking about events in other places in the world that don't speak English, right? Well, well, we're talking about... Right now, we're only talking about online events for sure mm-hmm. because those are the only ones that have had announced dates. Mm-hmm. So True. it's not quite as you know, if you are going to do British, you know, if you're going to have British people coming in, it's going to be them calling into the studio. You're going to have a loss of, of data quality that way um, or from wherever it's going to be. You don't have that when you have local commentary or commentary you can record locally. So it's either bring those people in to the studio or send some of the production team out. And that's where the uncertainty comes in. If there's all of a sudden these more travel restrictions or changing travel restrictions. Man, I don't know. I think I think this decision, even when you put it that way, it makes sense on paper, but I don't think the payoff for it is worth all the drawbacks. Right, like especially if we're talking about online tournaments, where you can have someone just put a backdrop behind them and then log in to either something like VMix, which we use, or whatever else, uh, whatever Tenno Media or whoever's running Capcom Pro Tour uses. Uh, man, let me I, ask you this: I, I, just, I just feel like I just feel like it don't make sense, Steve. Especially when you're talking about if somebody somebody calling in or somebody in a studio. Like, I, I think that's just a big drawback to have. Like to limit that. Would my audio and visual quality not be better if I were sitting right next to you? Yes, however. However. However, if this were a case where I could get somebody from down the street to be on best of five instead of you, I feel like that would the show would lose its quality. That would be a lateral move. 
I'm gonna be honest. That would be uh, it, a it lateral Steve, move. It, I know you. I know you like to joke around and put your uh, do self-deprecating humor, but it absolutely would not. It would make the show so much worse, right? Like if I were if I were just to like go over to Arcade UFO and just get somebody from over there to come talk about fighting games with me, it wouldn't. It would no longer be best of five, right? No, it would be first to six. Yes, which might be. Four out of seven. Let's let's trademark both those names just in case. Okay. Uh but and that and that's what I'm talking about, Steve, is that I think the way Capcom is approaching it, if it's for this reason, of course this is all speculative. If it is for this region reason, then the entire thought process of talent being this uh, expendable and replaceable with less representation from uh, from uh, regions outside of the U.S. Specifically, like we were talking about, the quality is going to go down. And this is nothing to do with the commentators that will be commentating uh, Capcom Cup UK and Ireland, right? They're all great in their own right, but... The people who are in those scenes know more about those scenes than we can ever know, Steve. The people, like, and this is the whole thing about the FGC, right? It's grassroots. It's down at the local level. The people who are there in the trenches, going to those weeklies, going to those regionals, they know everything. And they don't even have to think about it. They just know because they're there, and that's the life they live. Anybody outside of that trying to highlight what they're doing is going to feel inauthentic. Doesn't matter if you have the best commentators in the world. Doesn't have. Doesn't matter if you have the best uh, researchers in the world. That is not going to feel authentic, especially when we know we have people from there uh, who are very capable of doing that job. Let me let me throw another counterpoint at you. Go for it. Think of sports commentary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to use basketball as an example because sure. there's a basketball game on right now that I'm totally not second screening. Go Wolves! Uh, <laughs> but you have a local broadcast team that follows the team that is oftentimes embedded with the team and has a high level of knowledge about all the goings-on with that, with that team. You also have a national broadcast team which comes in and you know there's a few there's a few different teams and they go and cover every you know every team a few times a year. And they do a good job. You know, they do a bit of research. They're not going to be as knowledgeable as the local teams, but there comes a point where where you say, "Okay, they're doing good enough." And I think that's going to be the point that that Capcom thinks they have because you know the crew they have out of California Ultra David, James Chen Vicious, all those other people they're good! They're very talented at what they do and if they put them on every time they're going, they know that they're going to do a good job. Is it going to be quite as good as having that local flavor in there? No, but is it going to be detrimental enough to 
make that extra investment and take that risk right now, I don't think they believe that it is. I think it is. And and here's why. Let's go back to the NBA analogy. Um, when you're when you're seeing an interview for like let's say like the Timberwolves are preparing for the game that's happening right now. Would you rather hear from the coach directly or would you rather hear from somebody who spoke to the coach? You know, if the information's the same, does it really matter? Of course it does. And here's why. The coach is the one that's in the thick of it, right? They're the ones that are driving the team. They're the ones that are uh, essentially like prepping their team for this big game. If we're getting secondhand information, but, but, I, I feel like that dilutes what the coach was trying to say in the first place. Right? But if the it, coach... It, it, it's, it's a whole thing of like firsthand and secondhand information, right? It just dilutes the point. And again, like going back to the representation thing, if you if you're taking away the people who are living in that scene and putting it in the hands of others who as good as they are, and again, I'm not knocking them. I'm not knocking the commentators who will be doing it. But if you have people who are outside of that scene, it does it like the stakes are lower. The stakes are lower. At the end of the day, right? Because the people who are the if you're getting people who are in that scene commentating something for that scene, the stakes are automatically going to be higher because they already care more about that scene than anybody over here could. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that there isn't going to be some sort of drop off in terms of of that. What I'm saying is, is it going to be a significant drop off? Yes. I, is it going to be significant enough where you could call what they're going to offer bad? I don't think so. That's where I'm at right now. I would much rather, I would much rather see local commentary in, with all of these competitions, but I understand why they're going the way they're going right now. I think one of, I think maybe I'm feeling so bitter about this is because we're, we're getting into a little bit of my psyche here. But with video games in general, I feel like everything is becoming so homogenized, right? Like, if you can look at, like, a picture of 30 different games and they can flash across the screen really, fa- screen really fast and they all look exactly the same. And I'm talking, like, big AAA titles. I feel like Capcom going down this direction is going to homogenize the experience, which I guess now that I'm saying that, like, I guess they want a consistent experience for every tournament. But I don't know, man. I just feel like representation is such an important thing in taking, especially in the FGC, right, where there is a local scene everywhere. Taking that representation away, I think, is just going to be such a detriment. I, I don't disagree that it's detrimental. I just think that it's going, it's... I don't know. There's a part of me. There's a part of me that agrees with where you're going, right? Because at the end of the day, I can watch F1 and I'm gonna hear Dave Croft commentate, and I'm gonna be happy because it's Dave Croft, right? And if it were a different commentator every every weekend, maybe I would feel differently. Uh, 
but because it's David Croft and I like him, I'm going to watch Formula One and I'm going to enjoy Formula One because he's on the mic. I guess, I guess it could be the same thing, right? Where you could get Saint, Vicious, Ultra Chin, uh, who else? Like any, any other American commentator. And if you put them, they could have a good experience for everybody. I just feel, and I think we're all in agreement here, so maybe I shouldn't be rehashing this point, but I just feel like we're losing a core part of what the FGC is by making that experience homogenized. And again, I want to reiterate, this has nothing to do with the people who are going to be here doing this commentary. They're all wonderful. I love them and cherish them and nice more nice things i could say uh i i think i for me it comes down to whether or not this is a temporary or a permanent change it dude if if i've if i've seen change like i think we've all seen changes like this happen and they've always been like oh we'll try it out for the year and see how it goes and then everybody hates it but because it saves them money Granted, is this saving the money? Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, but, like, I, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like this is such a terrible decision. And I understand the reasonings behind it. And I guess if you're someone who is, uh, like, a higher up in the company, you can see this on paper and think, hey, this sounds great. Let's do it. But everybody else on the ground knows why this is bad. Right. So, I don't know, man. I think this is a decision. I'm going to say it outright. I really hope that the response that people have given to... Also, I even forgot to put... I'm so heated by this, I even forgot to put the highlight around what we're talking about. Uh, I hope that the response that people uh, were sharing in Logan Sama's tweet, which is... Uh, which I'm very agreeable on. Right, like everybody's thinking the same thing. Like it's such a disappointment. There's like there's no reason for it. Uh, I'm hoping that whoever is at Capcom sees this and they reconsider. And if they don't, then it's just another step down the homogeny train. Hey. Ah, sorry. Yeah, this uh, man. I, I'm just so upset, dude. Sorry for the curse. But like. I don't know. It's it seems like it's like it seems like it's like a whole like a core value. I hate using that word now because of the meme. But like a whole core value of the FGC, which is global representation. You can participate from anywhere. I'm heated. I'm cursing. I'm sorry. But you can participate from anywhere. You can sign up, practice, like work your heart out, and like that whole aspect of it. Like having each individual reason, region, having ha, like having different personal, different takes on the game, right? Like different regions, different takes on the game. People practice differently because they live different lives, as we all do. Uh, is going to start going away anyway. Tap. If you're trying to put the kids to bed, why are you watching this show? Go put your kids to bed. What's wrong with you? Also, if your kids are listening, stay in school. Uh, but anyway. And don't use the words the line uses. What, there's this, like, 20s uh, sp uh, like space sitcom. I forget the name of it. But the captain tells someone to do something. And then they go and do it. And they come back. And he changes his mind. 
And they're like, but you just told me to do the thing. His, his catchphrase is, do what I tell you, not what I told you. So there you go. The, what, how, what does that have to do with anything? Heck if I know. I'm just trying to cool myself down because that whole thing pissed me the hell off. But anyway. Steve. Any final words on this? <laughs> let's talk about something a bit more agreeable. Please. Uh, let's talk about Evo games. Because Evo, earlier this week, released the early bird rankings of entrant numbers for their nine-game lineup. And we can take a look at that right now. Leading the charge. Take a look at it in 30 seconds because some idiot forgot to download it. God. Anyway, I don't know what idiot that was because it's right here. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, man. So Guilty Gear leads the charge in front of Street Fighter V. King of Fighters third. Tekken in fourth. Grand Blue fifth. DBFZ sixth. And your last three are Melty Blood, MK11, and Skullgirls. Now, this is not uh, obviously this is also ego stroking for fans of this, these games. But this year, the order of finals is determined solely by number of entrants. So. If this whole if this pattern holds, uh, Skullgirls would be a Friday final, so it would be a one day tournament, and Strive would be the game that is in the quote unquote main event slot to close out Sunday. Do you have any initial thoughts on this list? Uh, I'm. Surprised by a couple of things. First being, uh, I'm shocked Tekken is as high as it is. I was expecting it to be lower. Uh, I'm shocked Skullgirls is where it is. I was expecting it to be higher. I'm also shocked at Street Fighter V. I was expecting it to be lower. I was expecting Skullgirls... To be probably where Melty Blood is. I was expecting Street Fighter V to be where, like, Grand Blue is. I was expecting Tekken to be probably where Dragon Ball is. Uh, and I was expecting King of Fighters to be second, to be completely honest. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a whole lot of story going on in here. I, like I said in Discord, I think I might have gotten one of these right had I been asked to predict the order beforehand, but I think the others I would have all gotten within one spot. You know, you talk about Skullgirls, it is a game that has a smaller audience to start with. Evo is a great platform to to grow the game's audience, but you're still starting from a smaller sp- from a smaller place than some of these other games. So, being at in last is not a big surprise, especially since it was in last in the uh, Evo Online last year. Now, if I I might have I wouldn't have been shocked if it swapped spots with MK11, 
but I'm not all that surprised. Uh, DBFZ, I thought might have been behind Melty, but again, those two I feel like would be very close. Um, and then you've got Grand Blue and Tekken. Again, I thought those two might have swapped as well, but Tekken, even though it is on sort of a downturn in terms of popularity, it's still a very, very big title. Grand Blue, not quite, you know, the brand is not quite as popular here as it is in other places, so I'm not super shocked. And then KOF and Street Fighter V, Street Fighter V generally has a much bigger starting base than KOF in terms of competitive player base, at least in the U.S., so, again, I thought KOF might edge Street Fighter V, and it still might. But I do feel like those two were, would be fighting for second place behind Strive. Strive remains the most popular game right now. Um, it's still got a bit of shininess to it. Uh, and it's got and... rollback netcode. And it's got rollback <laughs> netcode. Being able to play online yeah. and have that experience not be as frustrating as it is for some of these other titles, that is a huge draw. Yeah. So. Yeah. But again, uh, this, this is going to change a bit between now and when registration ends. So. Speaking of registration, I feel like uh, it would be worthwhile for us to say that. Combo Breaker registration, I believe, ends tomorrow, Steve. Um, standard registration. They're going to have late registration up late until. Registration. Well, yeah, they, I mean, what most, what some tournaments call standard, they call late because they they expect to be on time. Mm -hmm. And you know the um, saying, Steve. Early if, is on time. On time is if, late. If <laughs> you are planning... <laughs> Alright, go ahead. Uh, if you are planning on registering, you do want to do that by the end of tomorrow because prices will go up. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Late registration will run through May 6th or up until they hit 6,000 registrants, whichever comes first. Mm -hmm. uh, before we go to our next topic, Steve, uh, I have to bring something up. Uh, Fugu, Doc Fugu is saying that he is very impressed with how you're keeping it together in spite of uh, the game that's happening. I'll live. I'm a very talented man. Are there Very any? Is there any uh, in-game updates you would like to give us before we move on to our next topic? It is ninety-three ninety Memphis with three and a half minutes to go. And how are you feeling? I'm feeling okay. Yeah, you riding it yeah. out. Riding it out. Riding it out. Let it rock. Let uh, it rock. Speaking of letting it rock, the AT and T Annihilator Cup was rocking. A Street Fighter V tournament for 350,000 smackaroos. For those of you that don't know, the AT&T Annihilator Cup is a bunch of like very, very, very large content creators 
such as like with big names such as Lyric, Mizkiff, uh, Tim the Tatman. Who's the other person? Was it Noko? Uh, Shroud. Uh, Courage, JD. Lyric, Emeru. Emeru, yeah. So a, a bunch of like very, very high-profile people. And this week, or should I say this past week, they had a Street Fighter V tournament. So you had a bunch of content creators who are not FGC-minded, with a few exceptions. Uh, play in a Street Fighter V tournament for $350,000, Steve. So our little corner of the internet here in the FGC got dropped into, uh, you know, the big spotlight for a little bit, especially because <laughs> uh, it felt like uh, it felt like every, like, high-profile player or commentator started trying to get picked up by their favorite or by, like, the bigger content creator, right? It's like, oh, the, like, who wants a coach? It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, you remember when, uh, when, uh, E-League did the, uh, did the, the showdown with, like, Shaq and with, uh, a couple other people? I just remember Shaq because Tasty Steve rode, like, rode Shaq's onto the stage. Like, he was on his shoulders. Uh, and I thought you of- were going somewhere else no, with that. uh. Tasty Steve, they couldn't get Tasty. I'm assuming they couldn't get Tasty Steve and Shaq framed up right, so they, so Shaq just put Tasty Steve on his shoulders. Um, and then now Tasty Steve can tell the world that he teabagged Shaq. <laughs> Sorry. Ah man, my brain is broken. Uh, anywho, uh, that I think was like the last time like we saw like people who didn't really know how to play play, and now. We once again get this opportunity to see a bunch of people who don't play fighting games compete in Street Fighter V. And I got to tell you, it's been a treat. Uh, Not just because we had one creator who completely lost their mind and got frustrated. uh, But just watching people's reactions while playing and how they interacted with each other in the midst of this tournament to me was something special. Uh, One of my favorite content creators is Tim the Tatman. And so I, of course, was following his uh, his path, and he lost to someone, uh, and immediately blocked them on Twitter <laughs> uh, because they because he lost to that person. Uh, he then went on to pick uh, Honda and mashed uh, Honda hands quite a bit to uh, Brian F's advice and made it onto the bracket. Did very well. Uh, other other creators went as far as like going on a Twitter tirade about how upset they are, uh, so they got a real taste of like the FGC salt, which was very special. Uh, but even then, uh, I think some things some things that I think like a highlight I think of uh, this cup was watching people react to other matches, right? Like watching these content creators react to their peers' matches. Uh, like there are other competitors' matches, and something that I did see was uh, a lot of people were picking Luke, right? Especially those people who got <laughs> an FGC coach, uh, and <laughs> there was specifically—I can't remember 
I can't remember name. I'm really bad with names, so I can't remember names. But I specifically saw a match with two Lukes. It was a Luke mirror, and they were just full screen throwing fireballs at each other. And everybody watching was just like, "Whoa!" Like it, it was. It was like the reaction you would expect. It's like, "Oh my God, we're really sitting here watching these people throw fireballs full screen." Uh, it was very interesting. It was extremely, extremely interesting. Uh, so like getting, getting, I think something that, and like the whole reason I wanted to bring this up is this. Seeing other people who are not in competitive fighting games play fighting games is always a treat because all of us who are here, I don't think it's possible for us to put ourselves in that mindset anymore. I think we were just so integrated with how fighting games work uh, that we can no longer, like, remember what it was like to just sit and mash buttons and, like, think, uh, you know, like, like, think, like, you know, oh, you grabbed me too many times, you're cheating, right? Uh, so, watching other people experience the game in a way that we no longer experience, I think is something that's very fun and is very entertaining. Did you catch any of it by chance, Steve? I caught none of it live. I only was able to watch the clips of it. Mm-hmm. I think, to me, my takeaway is simply how the, the challenge of getting people to learn fighting games. You know, there's this clip from a while ago that Majin Obama uh, was commentating over about how one of the biggest draws is, hey, I see something this character can do that looks cool. Let me do it. Oh, I can do it. Cool. And and that's a hook for getting people to learn how to do it. The biggest challenge for me in with getting people to learn fighting games is learning how to play fighting games. If someone picks up a soccer game or a racing game, They generally know the rules of those sports. They know how soccer works. They know how racing works. They know how football works. So they already know what scope they're, you know, what the rules are, what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do, what your rough abilities are. With fighting games, all of that is is built from scratch. Like, okay, can I do a fireball? Maybe, maybe not. Can he do a fireball? Sure. Can I jump? Can I do this? Can I jump a second time in the air? Yeah. And with all of that, you have to somehow teach people. You there's you teach them what to do, but you also have to teach them why to why they want to do it, and that is not intuitive a lot of mm-hmm. times. Like, even in some of the best tutorials we have, like the Skullgirls tutorial, which I will rave about up and down, you're put in a, they put you in a little snapshot of a situation and they have you do A, B, and C, and they partly explain to you why you want to do A, B, and C which is an improvement, but it's still incredibly, incredibly tough to get people to want to do that stuff. 
and it's and it's tough for them to to get them to make the connection between what they'd learn in a given situation in training mode and how that goes in an actual match when people are are using several of these scenarios at once. It, it, it feels like the first game that really nails teaching people how to play is going to be it, it's going to be a game changer. Maybe that might be Project L. Maybe that might be Street Fighter 6. Who knows? But that is a very very big learning curve that that we still have to deal with when we're talking about bringing new players into the fold. Absolutely. Uh, I think uh, something that I didn't expect to see and hear, but after I saw and heard it, I think it's like very stupid of me to not think about expecting it, was a lot of people using uh, MOBA terms for fighting games, right? Like calling the super an ult. Or I think my favorite line of the tournament was he just keeps spamming his Q. Uh, Q being like, you know, the Q key on your keyboard, which is a skill uh, in MOBA or a spell, a spell, whatever. I don't care. Uh, not that I don't not I don't care. I don't know uh, what the official term for uh, that is. Uh, but stuff like that, I thought was so funny. Uh, and it's just and again, it goes back to like. They're on a mindset we no longer can return to, even if we try our hardest, right? We've, like, because we've been so integrated into thinking of fighting games as, like, in the competitive way and in the, like, game within a game mindset for so long. Um, I'm trying to think. I think one of my favorite matches in there was... Uh, Mizkiff versus Tim the Tatman. Because there was a Honda versus Zangief match. Where... There were no SPDs from Zangief. Which, you know, like, the SPDs are hard to do. I still have trouble doing them. Uh... But... <laughs> uh... Like, it's... That, like, that, that whole game within a game understanding that we have is so difficult uh, to... Like, even try to verbalize uh, when somebody doesn't have it, right? Like, so, for example, even the concept of a, a wake-up, right? Usually when somebody gets knocked down in a video game and they don't play fighting games competitively, like, it's over, right? They don't know how to block on wake-up, so they're going to keep eating buttons until, they're, until they die. Uh, and it's just such a very interesting thing watching... Those two specifically. So if you guys you guys can go to Tim the Tatman's channel or Mizkif's uh, channel, twitch.tv forward slash Mizkif, M-I-Z-K-I-F, or uh, youtube.com forward slash Tim the Tatman. Uh, go watch that. Because it's, it's very interesting to watch them play. And not even interesting to watch them play. They were both on a call with each other. And hearing how much fun they were having at house and, like, with what they were doing was really cool. Uh and I think it's it's one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, man, to be simplistic, uh, or not to be simplistic, but it's like it, like getting that enjoyment out of uh, out of the simplicity of fighting games. I think is something that we need to learn to do better. 
so that we're all not so cynic about all the things that happen in fighting games all the time. Except when Capcom makes bad decisions, we can be cynical about that because it's Capcom making bad decisions. Very bad decisions. <sighs> anyway, sorry for that tangent. I, I just had a lot to say because I thought it was so cool to watch other people play. High Fight did a breakdown of Honda versus Falk. That's hilarious. Uh, I think some there is one thing, Steve. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just droning on. Uh, That's okay. Although I'm assuming the sorry for your loss is about something else. Uh, but so like, I, wait, what was I gonna say? Oh, uh, one thing that I do want to commend is in us talking about people who don't play fighting games competing in fighting games it's so difficult for us not to be or not to sound in the sense of like oh it's funny they're doing x y and z right uh when like we don't mean that in a malicious way to us it's just such a clear thing but to literally anybody else it's not uh what i do want to commend is the two commentators it was tasty steven who was the other commentator i can't remember Tasty Steven, I'm gonna assume vicious. I could be wrong about it. I just can't I, I can't remember. But I think they did such a good job of making everything that was happening important. So big ups to uh the commentators. Rip! Oh it was rip! Oh I'm an I'm an I thought people were saying rip for the basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, sorry that <laughs> my brain just went on a whole. Ride I mean, there. that's his fault. That's his fault for choosing that name. Oh, it was like, like if I go, if I take this name into a poker setting and people <laughs> confuse the issue, you know, that's my that's my issue. That's my bad. That's a Steve problem. Holy crap! I. I have not had a brain moment like that in a hot minute, and it's hilarious. Holy shit, I'm crying. Uh, <laughs> Rip. Uh, I'm a big fan of Rips, by the way. Uh, cool guy. Uh, but yeah, Tasty Steven Rip. They were they did such a cool job, or such a good job of making everything seem super important and making everything seem super cool. Uh, so big ups to them because that stuff's not easy, man. Like I I get ta like. When I watch when I watched them do their commentary and how well they did it, it took me back to that. Uh, I don't know if you remember that uh, Nickelodeon All Stars Creator Cup that Sharpie was a part of way back when when the game first launched, and the people doing no, I mean no disrespect because again, like this is super tough to do, but the people who were doing commentary made it feel like the people who didn't know how to play were idiots, and it it felt very condescending. Uh, so big ups to Rip and Tasty Steve for not making it feel that way. That was awesome. Give him a little clappity clap. clap. Ah, sorry, I forgot to also inhale for a second there. Uh, but anyway, that's all I had to say about the Annihilator Cup. Steve, did you want to say anything else about the Annihilator Cup? Um, I just hope that. If it returns, we'll get some Tekken. Mm -hmm. Dude, could you I imagine people playing Tekken? That'd be awesome. I, I just want to see someone look at a move list. 
for the first time. <laughs> oh, no. That's all I want. I'm a very simple man. I'm a very evil man. I just want to. I just want to watch chaos. Oh man, um, I did see. This was forever ago, but I remember Tim the Tatman was doing something with the Bud Light console. Like, do you remember like when like those weird consoles were a thing where KFC had like a console that could play video games, but also had a heater or chicken bud light had a cooler that had a projector on it that was also a console uh, i remember him playing tekken and saying things like i keep getting stun locked by this damn bear uh awesome amazing uh but yeah i would love to see tekken legit anyway let's get to our final topic here which is quick hits quick hits is as you all remember it's just whatever else we have in mind uh steve is there anything in quick hits that you wanted to talk about well, there's something I wanted to talk about, but I'm not going to be able to quite yet. Um, as part of an ongoing lawsuit between Mike Zymont and Lab Zero, uh, if you'll remember, he was let go from the company. He is now countersuing for wrongful termination. And this past week, he released a very large court filing uh which goes into his evidence for what went down. Um, I, I don't even feel comfortable summarizing it because all I've been able to hear is what other people think of it. It is a very beefy filing. It's about 35 pages of statements and another 170 of screenshots, chat logs, and all that good stuff. So... Um, it is out there if you want to find it. I don't have the link on me at the at this time, but I do plan on going through as much of it as I can this next week so we can talk about it on next week's show. Cool. Uh, you know, Doc Fugu brings up uh, the Katie Couric and Cuddlecore thing, which you and I talked about briefly, uh, I think off the stream. Uh, or was it on the stream last week? I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, we, big... I, we mentioned it on uh, on stream. Oh, cool. Yeah, but big shout outs to Cuddlecore, man. She has been killing it. Uh, and... and also, she is going to be. Um, she was on Twitch's main channel this morning or this afternoon, uh, talking about on a segment called Road to Combo Breaker. Mm, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. twitch.tv slash twitch uh, check the archives if you want to check that out word uh, I do want to talk about one more thing but Steve did you have anything else you wanted to talk before I start talking about this one thing because I may geek out just a little bit too much you uh, you go ahead and geek out okay I've been playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cross Versus versus Justice League Turbo. I don't even know what the name of the game is. But I downloaded it the other day and I was messing around with it. And oh my god, the game is so much fun. I've been having so much fun with this game that I signed up for Combo Breaker to compete in it. Uh, I have a Cheetah. Cheetah has some cool stuff. If you spend meter, you you get restands. You get crazy uh, corner combos where you can like juggle people in the air. It's awesome. 
something very interesting about that game that I didn't think I was going to experience was it has a tutorial that teaches you how to play, uh, which is hilarious. Which is hilarious in a good way because you know it's two Ninja Turtles talking to each other about how to perform links. Uh, something else that they have in the game is, wouldn't you know it, an arcade mode, right? Uh, so it's already doing better than Launch Street Fighter Five. Uh, it feels like I'm dump like I'm making fun of Capcom a lot, but it's just because they've been making a lot of bad decisions within like the near with the near past, like within recent memory. Uh, but uh, so uh, another thing they have is something called Dimension X, right? Which is where in the story mode, your character gets uh, beat up by uh, Darkseid, you get sent to Dimension X, where it's kind of like boss mode. Like, think of, like, boss mode Rugal. It's like that, except with everybody. Like, every character has a completely uh, modified moveset. The CPU difficulty is at the highest. Uh, it's stupid frustrating. It's stupid fun. That game's really fun. Uh, I posted out a tweet the other day basically saying, hey, where's the community at? Everybody linked me on the Discord. I've joined the Discord. I haven't really been, like, able to actually, like, interact in the Discord. Uh, but the game, the, unfortunately, doesn't have matchmaking online, so you have to, like, physically get someone's IP address to connect to them, and then you can play online. But the fact that it has a working online uh, on its own, I think, is uh, really cool in the first place. So uh, I'm going to try playing some online within these next couple weeks to try to train up before Combo Breaker. So if anybody wants to play, try that on my cheetah she's gonna beat you up uh and you're gonna lose so that's all i have to say uh teenage mutant ninja turtles versus justice league turbo has been some of the most fun i've had in recent memory with fighting games so big ups to them and big ups to uh everybody involved and everybody who replied to my tweet about getting uh getting on the discord steven are you hopping on teenage mutant ninja turtles versus justice league turbo uh, well, I'm not hopping on to anything until I get this project done. So, but once that's done, uh, I'm probably going to focus up on Super Turbo mm-hmm. and trying to get myself right for that so I don't go into. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, who was the person on Twitter that reached out to us? Uh, was it, did they go by Guardian on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, wait, yeah, Guardian on Twitter. Uh, big thanks to him, uh, for reaching out to us. We, I think we tried this site and he reached out to us in, in regards to the 2v2 mystery game tournament. Uh, yeah, we got bodied. Yeah. Right after, right after the stream ended, Steve tried signing us up. It was full. And then he posted up that he had five spots left. And by the time we saw it, it was already gone. So... (laughs) So, but big ups to Guardian. He reached out to us. He's the bracket runner for it. Uh, I'm sure he's going to do great in that bracket, even though we can't be there. But we'll, I'm sure we'll definitely be watching top four or something just because a 2v2 mystery game tournament sounds hilarious. And I can't wait to see what comes of that. Anywho. Let me, I'm I'm just going to take a quick peek. Just a quick peek. I'm pretty sure that it's still full. But, yeah. 
Go ahead and keep talking while I'm. Okay. While I'm. Uh, yeah. Uh, while Steve is going through this, uh, I think it's a good time to remind you all that you can reach out to us via our Twitters here on the screen. Or uh, you can send us an email over at bestofvshow at gmail.com. Just send us a hello. Right? Like we had Write and Fight send us a couple of things. Uh, and I've been looking forward to their game. I thought I was going to be able to play it this past week. Uh, but maybe I read like the release date wrong. I don't think it's released just yet. It is still full. It's still full. So. Dang it. Uh, right, right. Here it is. Yeah, Write and Fight still is not released. At least not on Steam. Uh so unfortunately, we I haven't gotten to play that just yet. But um, hey, you can reach out to us on there, um, bestofvshow at gmail .com. Check us out on the YouTube's youtube.com forward slash bestofvshow. Uh, I'm gonna look. I haven't said this to Steve, but I've been writing down a lot of ideas to make content specifically for the YouTube. So we'll have lots of fun stuff in there, uh, in the near future. Hopefully, if you know, uh, my brain doesn't impede me from doing things. Uh, and, uh, oh, speaking of my brain impeding me for doing things, you know, we, very often we talk about mental health here on the show and how, uh, getting help is something important. Uh, I felt the need to share this because this has been a long time coming, uh, and it's been something I've been meaning to do for a long time, but my own brain was stopping me from doing it for whatever reason, but I get to see a psychiatrist next week. It's my first time ever. Happy for you, man. Uh, so hopefully we'll get lots of, uh... Lots of uh, controlled substances that I can get hooked on and sell to my friends uh, and not take myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm going to have to put up a <laughs> this is a a joke. I just said it's a joke. On. Well, yeah, I'll have to put up the visual. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I'm, I'm both terrified and excited to hopefully get my together so we'll see how that goes uh <laughs> sorry seeing everybody react to it, this is funny uh look uh i make jokes when i'm uncomfortable and that was a vulnerable moment for me and i felt uncomfortable enough to make a joke about it <laughs> so steve you look very puzzled uh there's one bit of news oh that just hit uh, while we were on the air. Guilty Gear Strive is going to release a brand new story experience, another story, on April 29th. Hmm. I I know they said now, this they were was gonna... coming, but yeah. they, but they released a little bit of the summary and. And they actually have a key character named Delilah. Let me put this in the chat so you can pull this up on screen. Sure. Let me hit the... Look at this. Right Breaking button. news only on Best of Five. Also, uh, by the way, I'm so sorry. Somebody had asked, uh, while we're pulling this up, somebody had asked in the chat why we switched days. I'm trying to, and this was like at the very beginning of the show, so I'm so, so sorry. Here it is, Nino Diablo. Nino, if you're still here, thanks for being here. I'm sorry we uh, unintendedly ignored you, but uh, we switched days because I have a job that's in a different time zone now. Uh, and we either would have delayed the show to be when it was 
to be like in direct competition with Ultra Chin, or we could have changed days, and we changed days. And honestly, I've been liking our Thursday shows. Have you been liking our Thursday shows, Steve? I've been thinking about Monday as well. Monday. You know, we, Monday. Yeah, that was the that. Those were the two options. Mm -hmm. um, Do you want to switch to Monday? No. Well, that's that's a discussion. I think we're <laughs> we're going to stick with Thursday for now. Okay. Um, but. We may have to, we may have uh, some talks, okay, about Monday, but we'll talk about Monday. Uh, we'll talk about Monday. But before we talk about Monday, let's talk about this because uh, Guilty Gear another story update announcement. Uh, that is Ramblethal. Hooray! I know who that is. Uh, let's see. Uh, then we have May and May's friend, and then Doctor Baldman. That's the that's the character's alternate name. I'm not making fun of you, Steve. I'm sorry. I'm sure. Uh, who's? Oh, there's Delilah. Wait a second. Who was? What's the name of the DLC person for the Skullgirls? Dahlia. Danny. Black Dahlia. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, they both start with a D. There's a. Breadcrumb. Breadcrumb. So you go with Black Dahlia, not Dalsum? Well, Dalsum wasn't recently released. But anyway, now you have Delilah, Black Dahlia, their DLC character. Well, I don't, we don't know if this is a DLC character or not. But anyway, what, what's this say? Uh, a young girl who has awoken from a long slumber. She is... Oh, she's, she's lived with a dream since her birth due to a unique condition caused by her brain's inability to withstand her exceptional intellect and abilities. As she's only just woken up, she doesn't have a solid grasp on common sense and social skills. Her one and only motive is to get revenge for her brother's life. Oh, so she's Bedman's sister? I mean, that looks like Bedman, right? Yes. Well, you would have, that's what they're implying. They're not saying outright, but they do say she finds a girl who closely resembles Bedman, who once worked with the universal will against mankind. So they're, they're walking right up to the point of saying this is Bedman's sister without saying this is Bedman's sister. Just yet. Hmm. I wonder... Uh, I... Oh, okay, that... Wait. Is that a bed? That is a bed. Is this... Is Biken murdering... Bedman's bed? Right here? That could be... Uh, Delilah's bed. How do I go back? Oh, there we go. Yeah, because, yeah, they're talking, like, there's Ramlethal doing the thing. And we saw this in the trailer uh, when they revealed the trailer. Uh, and then... Oh, I guess this was in the trailer, but they didn't really show, like, who was doing the attacking. Ah. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess we'll have to stay tuned for the next dra episode of Dragon Ball Guilty Gear. Uh, where Bedman's sister is joining the fray. 
So breaking news. You heard it here first. Nowhere else. <laughs> not Twitter. Not Twitter. Not your... <laughs> Absolutely not, not Twitter. Not AFGC news. It's not like they tweeted it out just All a right. little bit ago. Uh, they, they... Go ahead, Steve. Sorry. Because they totally did tweet it out just a bit ago. Yeah, but, but you heard okay. it here on our podcast. Now, Unless you heard it somewhere else first. Yeah, but it was only here can you hear uh, what we, whatever it is we were just discussing. Discussing, not disgusting. Uh, so, that, Steve, brings us to the end of this episode of Best of Five. Now, here's what we'll do. Uh, much like last week, we're going to raid somebody. Uh, and this week, since something very important is happening, one of my favorite things, uh, Combo Breaker Look Alive, we're going to go and raid St. Jam's channel. So when you get over there, be sure to type best of five says hi so that everybody knows where you came from and that we say hi. Mostly, I just want everybody to know that we say hi. So thanks, everybody. for That's all that matters. Honestly, that's all I care about. So thanks, everybody. Uh, I'm going to put up the raid thing so you can start clicking the join button on that. Uh, we're going to hop on out of here. Thanks. We'll be back next week with more. Uh, Steve, any final words? The Wolves had a 20-point lead, blew it, had another 20-point lead, and blew that. So I am going to find some alcohol and consume it. Good night, Canada. <laughs> <laughs>